The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, without further ado, this is the Homance Chronicles, and I am Sarah. And I'm Nicole. And we have a gentleman with us this evening who immediately is um, joining us in the real talk. He's already uh, been oh, yeah. introduced to us for about a couple of minutes to realize that uh, <laughs> we, we exude the realness on um, <laughs> this show. Um, so I'd like to welcome transformational leader and speaker, author of Love Made Simple, and founder of a nonprofit called Clear Journey, Mr. Juan Lee. Nice to meet you. Hello, Sarah and Nicole. How you doing? Hello. We're great. We're here for another day, so you can't complain too much. Right, right. So thank you so much for making time during this week, which can be super hectic and stressful. And I was very surprised. I put it out there like, maybe. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wow, he's okay. So um, I think that with some of your background being in Christianity and religion and, um, you know, trying to navigate all of that with the holidays being like right now, um, where do you see people, I guess, maybe going about it a little bit different than you think that they should. Um, and you can kind of interpret that however you'd like. You have those people who just do the holiday service once a year and that's it. You have other families that are like, we got to be there every day, three times a day. So like, how do people navigate this time? Well, I mean, you really speak to the really heart of what really caused me to dig into this um, area about love and that was that um love has been so confusing mm -hmm. and in many cases it's been confusing because of what you and I might realize as being religion um religion um from my perspective and I've been in a few different denominations I've been I'm a Christian um but it's been um a very confusing type of experience for me. Um, and as a result, thinking that maybe it's not as clear as it could be to others also. And so what I intended to do by looking at love was that I took love and I separated God from religion. And I really began to focus in on the acts of love, what love is, their actions. And so as we get into this season, as we know, you know, we, we qualify these seasons as, you know, as being religious in nature, um, but they also are, are very commercial in nature also. And so you know, it's very easy to get caught up in the commercialness of it or even to make it more than maybe um, we know it to be um, or get caught up in something um, and really not really understand what it is it's all about. And I think that was the confusing thing that not only is in this season, but it's year round. 
It's about not understanding why and how we as humans connect with one another. And we use this time of the season, Thanksgiving through Christmas, um, to basically um, identify that connection with one another, typically families and friends. We have a tendency to get there and, and, and begin to spend time with them. But love is that thing that we do year round. If we truly, truly understand it, it's that connection that we should have with one another year round. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's, it's been that um, challenge that it caused me to, to go in deeper and to try to say, okay, where is it? What is it about love that makes it so important that we all need it? We all have a, have a desire for it. Um, and that's where my book, Love Made Simple came from. Um, it was basically a, my journey um, through understanding and gathering that type of understanding as it relates to how and why do we need it, what's it for, and um, how do we, how can we use it, what's it, what's its benefit, and so yeah, it's um, now is a season that we would hopefully we could get a glimpse of it and carry it on to the new year, um, and be better for it from day to day instead of just the season. Right. I, um, I always feel like, and so I, I watch, you know, videos of people yelling out to strangers like, Hey, you look great today. Or you have a great smile. And you just see like how that little tiny comment made that person's day, probably month, week, whatever. And like, those are the urges I get because of those reactions to like spread that kind of like kindness and joy. But at the same time, you're seeing like you're kind of like a psychopath usually if you do that kind of stuff. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like being kind and friendly is just everybody wants that utopic relationship in civil society, but we know we cannot get there because a lot of the people are like, what's your ulterior motive? And usually it's not, I don't have one, but I'm not, you know, the majority. So how do you navigate being that's, awkward <laughs> that's the that's the challenge um because you just you just went right for the chug juggler there wow um, because, <laughs> yeah because because that because because that's 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 really the biggest hang-up that people have about administering and acting in love is for the fact of how you're perceived yeah, how you are well, being yeah how people are going to view you and one of the characteristics of love is that you have to be courageous you have yeah. to be courageous and, and understand that, you know, those things. Now, you jump right into it. There are some things that you got to build up to get to that courageousness, to be able to be courageous in that situation. Um, that's one of the attitudes of love is being courageous. Um, but that's basically it, because it's going to be times where it's going to make more, it's going to mean more to stand in love than being persuaded not to. You know, being influenced and 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 almost basically shamed into not doing it. Yeah, and, and so that's a difficult thing. I understand. Yeah, I have like impulse control for a lot of things. People who listen are not shocked by this, I'm sure. But you know, there's uh, like one day I was at a grocery store and it's all self checkout, and this guy had a cart and he couldn't, you know, reach, and it was just like watching him was painful for me. So I ended up getting out of line. I helped him check his, you know, check out or whatever. People ended up taking, you know, overtaking my spot in line or whatever, but just helping that one person 
you know, the feeling I got from it made up for the, you know, 15 minutes that I had to wait extra in line or whatever the case was, because nobody was being kind enough to let me back in to actually go and do my own checkout. So, you know, but just knowing that that man didn't have to struggle, he probably was not happy with the fact that he was, nobody was helping him. He was an elderly gentleman. So I'm sure he enjoyed the socialization part of it. But at the end of the day, like I felt good about myself, even though I probably made a fool of myself whatever you know i'm i'm gonna um you just slap me on the back of my head (laughs) you just slap me on the back of my head and i'm gonna and i'm and i'm gonna share this with you because this just happened yesterday and and it's it's basically what you just did I, i i commend you for it because you took the opportunity and initiative to experience and express it now, here's the point. Nobody would have known whether or not you would have you would have done it or you didn't do it. In other words, if you didn't mention it, nobody, mm-hmm. nobody would have ever known that you were thinking about doing it if you did it or if you didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? And you just hit me over the top of the head because yesterday, man, this is going to hurt. <laughs> this is going to hurt because just yesterday... There was, I went, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday and I was coming down out of the doctor's appointment, down out of the elevator. And there was a gentleman, an elderly gentleman that had a, you know, one of those push wheelchairs mm-hmm. when you can sit in as you use it as a walker at the same time. Oh yeah. And this man spoke to everybody on the elevator. Didn't ask, he just greeted us. And when we got off the elevator, he couldn't move. I mean, he was literally almost walking backwards as fast as he was walking. It looked like he was walking backwards. And I was in a hurry. And I just thought for a second, man, I really want to help him. I really wish I really. And I was and I and I I led I chose not to. Instead of slowing down and helping him. We all get trapped up in that, you know? Oh, no, no, no. But, but, but see, this is how subtle love is. See, love, love, the, one of the characteristics of love is that it's a choice. It's a choice. And that's the one that makes the biggest difference because there's two other characteristics of love and I'll talk to you about them in a minute, but, but this one, nobody could have stopped me from doing this, but me. I chose mm-hmm. not to do it because I felt that there was not enough time that I had to be back here, back home. And, and where he was, he was, a, he was the furthest point from that door that he needed to go to. And it was, it was, it was all rationalized. I was rationalizing. As yeah, you're being logical. <laughs> yeah, as to why I shouldn't do it. And there is none. There's absolutely none. Because the way you felt after you did that, there was nothing that can compare to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really have, like I said, sometimes I have impulse control. And I think part of that was just me impulsively like stepping out towards him. And then I like had to force myself to say, do you need some help, sir? And of course he was like, well, if you want to help me, you can, you don't have to. And I said, well, I can't not. So, you know, and it was fine. He was a nice guy, but 
those are the things that like, sometimes I just can't stop myself from doing. And I don't know, like I, I'll catch myself doing things like that, but then I get so embarrassed by those, those things at the same time, because again, it's like, what's the perception of me? I don't want to be perceived as something that's, you know, so I, I kind of struggle with the balance a lot of the times too. But anyway, but you had. It's, it's that ability to understand that that fulfillment is greater than that fear. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, letting it be greater than that fear is usually yeah. what I have to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. You've got to let it be. And, 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 and we, you really stepped on, you stepped on one of the bigger hindrances that we have and that is the fear factor that prevents love from being able to be administered. We're afraid of whatever the circumstances are that it will serve as something that we would lose or because the fear is what people think about you, the loss of your reputation, the, the, the loss of, of what, who you identify with. And if we can get, a, get past that fear of loss and understand that what it is that we are doing is greater than that, that feeling of loss because that loss is just a comparison. It's a comparison with someone else because it's not you, because it's only you and I who could have thought about that. Nobody else would have known if we did it or if we didn't, if we thought about it, we did. And then we only had to respond to what it was that we were thinking about. And then in your case, you chose to do something. That was your choice. Yeah. <laughs> and I, on the other hand, mm -hmm. And this one chose not to, but I thank you for the chastisement. Oh, <laughs> inadvertently, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you for I the chastisement. About, I guess this example is like the, you're a, you're fearful of the perception of strangers because to me, like if I'm at the grocery store and I see somebody needs help and I ask them and I help them, like the least thing I care about is who's looking or what people think like to me like this doesn't compute right like that's not how my mind works right no my my social anxiety takes over and I'm worried about people staring at me and you know all the things that you panic about with that social anxiety shit but you're not you're not you're not the only one. Oh, I know far. that that's my favorite part because in my yeah. head I'm like why are you panicking but my body's like this is too much I can't deal with this and it's weird again it's this weird dialogue <laughs> Because, because I'm going to tell you, it gets, it, it gets even, it gets higher and higher with when you feel better and better with yourself, it's going to look worse and worse. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because you, you're going to be one of the, one of the primary um, attitudes for love is sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to see sacrifice because that invalidates them or the other person because they can't see you sacrificing for someone else and they say, oh, I wouldn't do that. So they're automatically going to be defensive against you for doing it. Yeah. Because you're going to make them, you're going to make them have to question who they are. And the best thing that they're going to do is try to invalidate you. People, man. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> this is like so much deeper than I would like. I'd be like, I helped this person because they needed it. It's done. It's over, buddy. Like, I don't even, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I was like, I'm a good person. I went to sleep and it was fine. But, you know, it's just that in the moment, the those inputs, those conditions that make you realize you have that choice to make. Um, but so you said there are the three C's that love is three comprised C's. of three C's. Right. Three C's. The first one so that's is the, the first choice. One is 
that's the third one, but the second oh, one, okay. <laughs> that, you went right to it because that was it. It was your choice. But the first one is that it's a chameleon. It's What's a, a chameleon? A chameleon blends in to everything and anything. It takes on the, the form of whatever it attaches itself to. It's like, a, a you know, it transforms itself into whatever it needs to be. It sacrifices itself for the sake of others, for the bit, for the betterment of the whole. But isn't the like chameleon the original reason they do that is to save themselves? <laughs> you can't not. Hey, that that's the whole point. But that means that if they are saved, everybody else is saved. Fair. Everybody, everybody is for everybody's benefit for that. You know what you do is you down. You're going to engage everyone else for the purpose of being able so that everybody can be successful you can't you can't be successful apart from everybody else and everybody else can't be successful without you oh i see i see the angle i dig that one yeah really you you, you can't lose you know all you've got to do is be willing to submit or sacrifice to blend in so that everybody wins that's number one number two is is that it's the conduit it connects us one to another. It allows us to have no private agenda because we both have this open flow to one another. We can give and take without any concern about being taken advantage of. See, now that's the part where we struggle with because we are thinking that someone is trying to take advantage of us. Or we're scarred. Right, right. And that's where you've gotta be able to, the second, one of the second attitudes is humility and that's the ability to be able to say, hey, I've got a weakness. I need help. And know that that's not going to be something that somebody's going to hold against me. That's where you begin to find out who you are to the point where no one can try to hold it over your head. You know what I'm saying? And that's where that's where that fear comes in that somebody's going to try to take advantage of you. No. See, I'm willingly going to give of myself. And guess what? You can't take it because I'm willingly giving it. Oh, I have control. Basically, yes, I'm in control. Okay. And that's, and that's the power of, of love is that I don't care, I have this. You can't take it from me. Love, the definition of love is the ability to act on behalf of another. That's what love is. It acts on behalf of another. And so when you begin to have that attitude and love is, here's the big and the big uh, definition. It's to love, it's to act on behalf of, of others for the purpose of protecting and preserving humanity. That's a heavy definition. I don't think I recognize that. That's, that's what love does. Dang. It's, it's more messed up only, than we thought, Nicole. <laughs> it, it's the only way that humanity moves from generation to generation is if we invest into humanity so that the next generation can succeed or can be uh, realized. We, we can destroy humanity, but we can also preserve it and protect it. It's a choice. Right. I think one of the things that came to mind as you were giving these definitions is there's, I think some, some relationships or some people who, when they're not truly operating out of love are like keeping score, 
right? Like I did this, so I should get this, or I did this, so you should do this. Like, um, and it's taking the actual meaning and importance away from it. Um, but I also feel like that's an indicator that like in your relationship or in your life, like it's time for a shift because I mean, why, like <laughs> move on, really, but I, I feel like that happens a lot. I feel like people keep score. I they think, do. I think, I think the bigger issue is there is that we, we have this misunderstanding of what love is again. Okay. Yeah. And love is is one of the things that we like to do is we like to quantify love. Love has no quantity. I mean, it's no, it's not unconditional. It, it, it is, here's the point. Love is unconditional. If there's any conditions to it, it's not love. Okay. It, that, so, so we can't qualify says, you know, it's as though we say love and it's the unconditional love. Like there's a higher level of love. No, no, love has no conditions. And if it does it, if it does have conditions, it's not love. <laughs> okay. And see, that's where once you understand that, you begin to see it because it's because because of the actions that people that are so-called presenting it to you or sharing it with you aren't, they don't measure up. They don't, yeah, I mean, they're not, they're inconsistent. Like when you put it in that perspective of unconditional, there should be no conditions, it makes it a really clear choice if they're not giving it to you like you're giving it to them then it's not real and you have to make that decision get rid of that perception yeah i mean but but here's the wonderful thing about love love doesn't require getting it back unless love that's what has, you're looking for it, do, it doesn't <laughs> we'll see we'll see what we're what we're looking for is fulfillment out of this experience because that's what life is is an experience and what we're looking for is fulfillment and when we give love, when it's received, it produces fulfillment in the one that is giving it. So it's really not evident. It's sort of like, so like a parent with a child. The parent doesn't require to be given anything back. It's just when you see the benefits of what you've sowed into that child, that brings you fulfillment. It means that, hey, I did something right. That's, that that <laughs> worked. And that made me that make brings forth fulfillment. And so it's not that we're requiring or expecting it back. If we're expecting something back, that's that 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 expectations that that does that's not love. You it's the ability to give on behalf of another. Now, if you're getting into different types of relationships, and that's another part of the big definition of love, and that is that it's to build relationships so that you can be fulfilled by reaching your potential. And so that means that you're going to be looking for relationships that are going to be adding value to you. Okay. If the relationship is not adding any value, then that might not be the relationship for you. Okay. And that's the difference between the understanding of what love is. Okay. You're going to establish relationships. Now, every relationship is not going to be long-term. All relationships don't necessarily have to be intimate. All relationships are not they're not fat, but they're all different kinds of relationships that you're going to be navigating in this thing called life so that you can begin to understand which ones are for you and which ones are not for you. Again, love is this conduit and that conduit connects to the whole um, platform or the whole, um, the whole, this thing called humanity 
<laughs> so that we don't have to hook up to like we're not hooking up to the West Coast. Your state, you're in. What did you say? You were in Chicago, Michigan. We're in Detroit. Right. In Detroit, okay. And so you, the state that hooked on to you is not the one that's hooked on to me. But together we all make up this thing called the United States of America, and that's what I'm talking about. It's it's not like you're gonna hook up to somebody that's not that doesn't match up with you, but you can still get the benefits from it but it doesn't have to be the one that's hooked up to you, okay? That's what this, this platform called humanity offers us, the opportunity to coexist in a big, big manner. It's a big picture, but we only connect to where we see that it's valuable to us. So, okay, where, when did you start this journey of yours? Because these are very profound statements that you're making, which are great. But it sounds like you've been doing this for a minute. <laughs> like, What triggered you to kind of say, all right, I need to understand this better. And then when you got to the point where you felt fulfilled that you understood it better, what triggered you to want to continue and spread? Well the, well, the first thing that happened was as a teenager, I felt hopeless and lost. I was basically, you know, there's no instruction guide for life. <laughs> I, graduated, I graduated from high school and, and felt like I was not prepared for life. Um, and so I was like, there's no instructions to this thing. I've been in religion all my life and I felt that I was still lacking the tools necessary to be able to navigate this thing. So were and, you, were you um, angry or just lost or both? Fearful. Okay. Okay. <laughs> terrified I mean I joined the Air Force just to survive now and, and, and be honest with you I grew up in a middle class home but at the point when I graduated from high school it was like I'm I'm lost I mean it's time for me to do something and I wanted to get as far away from high, a school as possible <laughs> it was not very pleasant or very happy for me, the experience. What I didn't know at the time is that I had an undiagnosed learning disability, mm. which made life miserable. Difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I but, feel that pain. <laughs> but, and I'm going to tell you, it's, it's the ability to know that if I don't measure up, I wasn't measuring up. And that's a, that's a horrible feeling as a 17 year old to feel like everything that you identified, which you don't measure up to. And that's where I was. I joined the Air Force and my life changed because they showed me how to see and understand what it takes to love. And those systems that I learned in the Air Force were the, it was the fact that there was a system in the Air Force and I began to see that life is no different. Life is a system. There's a system for life and that life, that system is called love. And when you understand it, you plug into it, we all win, we all succeed. No matter what place we are, where we sit, where we stand, who we are, what our skills are, we all have something in hot common and it's called humanity. And we had, we're in a time where we struggle with that identity of understanding that we all are human beings, we're all humans. We all are connected one to another. Well, you oh. know, it's, mine's more important than yours, hello. We're a little bit selfish, I think, that, at this point. <laughs> that's exactly what we are. But the fact is, is that your success 
I hold your success as well as you holding mine. And when you can understand that is that the picture is bigger than any one individual, because guess what? This experience is temporary. Humanity is eternal. Ooh, it goes from that goes from generation to generation. And what will you invest into it? Speaking of generations, how have you seen, um, have you been able to help? So you, you work with folks and um, they can come to you for kind of guidance and clarity. Have you been working primarily with like individuals or couples or have you even seen like generations of family kind of heal themselves with you? No, no, not, not, but, but families is very important part of this process mm-hmm. because it's either going to be a support or it's going to be something that you have to uh, navigate in a way in which you have to deprogram yourself from. Okay. You're getting there. <laughs> I mean, you're going yeah. where I'm going. Yeah. You, you, you've got to, you've, <laughs> you've got to deprogram yourself from. And so I think a lot of us don't realize that that foundation can be twofold. It can be beneficial and it can be harmful. And yes. you recognize that um, you're, you're going to struggle. So, uh, you know, religion does bring about um, blind love, if you will, the authoritative blind love. So how do you navigate that with people who are maybe have misconceptions about love and what it means to love somebody? I'm going to ask for a little bit of clarity there because that's a full question that it could take. Codependency. <laughs> Mostly, uh, you know, you have people who are, um, the idea of love is servant, servant, you know, basically I'm a servant to you. That's how I love you. Um, and sometimes they go to a point where it's unhealthy because they're either getting abused or they're being taken advantage of. So, you know, when you see people like that, how do you help them navigate that, you know, love is not servant like that. Okay. It's just not right. You're, you're absolutely. I mean, that honestly goes back to you're not, you have, I had low self-esteem. Okay. And it identifies itself in a lot of different ways, but when you are being taken advantage of, and that's, that's a little bit of what we were, I was getting to when we were talking about it earlier as it relates to um, understanding that you have to be courageous, you've got to be secure in who you are. If you're not secure in who you are, it's gonna be difficult for you to love, okay? Because of this very fact is that you're gonna be taken advantage of. You could be taken advantage of and you have to control that. Remember we were talking about this, you control this power, this choice, you control it. And when you control it, nobody can take it from you. But at the same time, it's up to you to not to do it also. And if, so you, how- and if you can't determine when and when not to do it, that means that you're, you're not secure in who you are. So how do you empower people to make that decision for themselves? Because a lot of people are in that position where they understand that they have to be courageous, but they just aren't empowered or they feel trapped. So what are some of the tools maybe that you give them to kind of help them understand that they're not trapped? They have one out. Well, the, the first thing I think is it's all about self-development. You've okay. got, you really have to know self. You know, the first place love starts is with self, okay? 
And until you can identify what love looks like for yourself, you can begin, you can't begin to give it, nor can you begin to receive it. Okay. As you realize that other people are going to be looking towards you. And if they're trying to take advantage of you, that you're ultimately going to have to allow them to take control of you to be able to take advantage of you. And that's the point I'm saying. So the first part, the first part of it is that understand that you have to know self. You've got to be able to accept self. You've got to be able to develop self before you're able to give self. Those steps are important. You've got to analyze, you've got to be able to analyze who it is that is influencing me to, to affect who I am. That's affecting who I am. Because I to get to this ability to be able to love, I got to know who I am. That's a point where I had no confidence. Before I went into the Air Force, I had no confidence. But when I understood where I fit in the system that was bigger than I was, I was able, my confidence grew. I mean, I was confident in who I was. And then there was no one that could take anything from me because it was, I understood what my value was. I knew what I had, where my lane was. See, that's an attitude that you have to understand. If you don't understand that, you will be bending over backwards in places where you don't need to be bending. Mm -hmm. And so then people would, yes, you're out of line. You're out of your position. You're bending over backwards. People taking advantage of you just because you've, you've not identified who you are. So how can people start to identify that if they're completely lost? Ask the question, why? Ask yourself the question, why? Why do you do what you do? You have the, one of the first questions that I had to ask myself is, show me me. I need to understand who I am and why I do what I do. Because it's at that point where I can begin to analyze, you know, is that healthy? Is that healthy? Is that beneficial for me? to do and act those in this manner? And is it selfish that I'm doing it? And am I trying to protect something? See, because a lot of us have pain that we're trying to protect and we've got to do the work to begin to identify if we're going to be able to love. We can't love from a place of pain. Mm -hmm. We've got to get to that pain and then begin to deal with that pain so that we can begin to love out of who we are and what we have to offer. It's all about having ourselves, having something to give. And if we only have pain, well, guess what we're giving? Pain. We're giving pain. Hurt people hurt people. That's the yeah, worst you know, feeling one ever. of the things that always blows my mind is how quickly people get into relationships after they've gotten out of one and like how quickly you see people um whether they're in a serious relationship and then or married or got divorced or whatever and how quickly I'm like how did they not just take all that bullshit with them <laughs> like how it, how I don't understand you know um the pace and so I'm like for me personally, I've always taken quite a bit of time in between relationships because that's what I guess I felt I needed to do. I guess other people don't feel they need to do that, but I just don't, <laughs> I just don't understand how you don't carry that pain into a new relationship where you don't take the time to heal. It's, it's the fact that they're trying to cover up having to do the work. 
they're looking for a cover-up. See, if they can, if they don't have to, there's no way to avoid. See, because here's the point, and the people don't realize it, is that the problem that was in the previous relationship is the constant that is in the current or the new relationship. And what is the constant? You. <laughs> You're the right. constant. Right. And we fail to realize that thinking that there is a different variable there that's going to make things different without understanding that we are the constant. So, you know, it's very interesting to be able to run away is just basically a sign that you don't want to do the work to fix it. Yeah, I mean, the work is hard. So Absolutely. I get it. Um, you have to be in the right space and you have to have the energy and um, you can't be looking for quick wins. And I just, I just am constantly blown away. Every time I see like some Facebook update of some new relationship and I'm like, why aren't they just married to somebody else? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, I just, I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's, um, that's it though. That, that's exactly it though. It's, and, and I'll be honest with you. One of the questions that people ask me at the end of most interviews and they say, what's the one thing you want to leave the audience with? And it's that one thing that you're talking about right there. The, to love is work. It takes work. It's the hardest right. thing you ever do. And to be able to love yourself, it really takes work. Okay? It really takes work. But at the same time, it's the greatest thing that you will ever, ever experience. Because, oh, yeah, it's worth it. Because liberty has no cost. No, you can't pay for liberty. That freedom, that, li- that is, it is, you can't buy it. It's yeah. a peace of mind. The thing that I... The thing that I talk about with the nonprofit is it's about it's about the love is the desk the the book is called the guide to inner peace contentment and success and that peace is clarity it's that ability to be able to navigate life's challenges with that peace and clarity you can't imagine at your at the worst situation you being able to navigate it with peace with clarity. That's what this, that's what love does. And you have to be able to understand that to, nobody can, in your worst situation, your worst day, if you could have bought some peace, you could, you would have. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's no way to get it. You can't buy it. It's on Man. the inside of you. You've got to be able to manage it for yourself. You've got to be able to possess it for yourself. And without you being able to put the do the work to be able to maintain it or to manage it, because that's what the that's what the journey is all about, is getting it and maintaining peace. I would and say yeah, you, that's the and, ultimate goal. It's not and finding you, a spouse and having children. It's finding peace, <laughs> whatever that looks like for you. And, 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 and use it to navigate this experience. Don't compare yourself with anybody else. <laughs> it's about being able to manage that peace. And because if you know that that's what you're trying to accomplish, you begin to make decisions that would preserve it instead of making decisions that destroy it. But you gotta <sighs> know that that's what you're after. I feel like at this point, it took me probably 35 years to figure that out. It, I wanted peace and it wasn't what you know society's norms were. And now that I get to work towards that, it's kind of fun, terrifying, 
putting in the work is difficult. That's what this experience, that's what this journey is about, though. It's about mm-hmm. finding that place and being able to navigate it so that you can invest that inheritance, that, in, that, that, that service, that work into humanity so that it becomes better off for what you've been through, for what you've put into it. It's work. You yeah, know, it's, it's a lot of work. But it's, you know what? It's so, it's so enjoyable. The journey, people talk about the destination. Man, the journey is better. <laughs> Sometimes, journey, most, most times. The journey is way better. Because unless, here's the point. Here's the point. The journey takes longer than it does the destination. Well, I mean, unless the destination is at the beach, with <laughs> a little bit of a drink, some sunshine, you know, those things, those are the journey. I, I hear you. I hear you. But guess what? <laughs> Unless you were able to prepare to get there, boy, it could be miserable when you leave. Touche. This is true. It could be miserable if you, if you don't Very know how true. to prepare to get there. It could be miserable when you leave. Because you okay. can't stay there. Can you tell us a little bit about how your book is structured? Are there exercises or is it just your story? Um, what can people expect from your book? It's a takeaway from every chapter. It's broken down into, uh, at the end of each chapter, it's uh, broken down, it says the pathways to success. And each chapter gives takeaways for each stage in life, where if you're a teenager, a young adult, an adult, or a senior, how we are connected together in each stage as it relates to how we can be successful in each stage, but we're connected to each other and all of these stages. So we have value. If I'm a senior, I value to an adult. I value to a junior, a a, a young adult. I have value to a a teenager. Um, And and that's where, as it relates to us being able to go through this journey, knowing that we are always important. There's no stage in our lives that we don't have value. And it's to maximize those stages is to be able to love to be able to operate in this love at each stage. That's where we begin to understand that we're preparing for something. It's something bigger than us, bigger than ourselves. We really have to understand that because that was the point that shifted my mind that as I was learning these things, it was like when I began to change my attitude, my expectations and my outcomes changed. Yeah. I would say that as I get older, I like myself more. I enjoy things better slash differently. I really value experiences. And I wouldn't ever like look back and be like, I wish I could be in my 20s again. Like, no, I would not no. want to have to learn that stuff all over again. I'm all set. And on top of that, like a lot of people in their 20s feel like the world revolves around them. And, um, I think that you do a lot of evolving during that time to realize that the world does not revolve around you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're reading my book. <laughs> so for me, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, knocking on 40s door and I'm looking forward to it. Like I don't have any fears of getting older or um, I guess, discontentment with that like for me I'm like it can only get better at this point yeah I'm only gonna make more money I'm only gonna know myself better (laughs) well I mean the the reality of it is is that when you prepare for being older I mean the thing about it is is that you know when you 
do the proper preparation, it should get better and better and better. Okay. I mean, that's what it should be. Right. But I mean, there are stages that we, if we meet those marks, those measurements, those measuring sticks, uh, those marks, it only gets better because when you're, if you're prepared from, if you're prepared for being a young adult as a teenager, if you prepare for being a young adult as a teenager, you'll be able to maximize being a, 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 a young adult. If you prepare for being an adult as a young adult, you'll maximize being an adult. Agreed. It's when we don't prepare, we get, because guess what? Time's not going to change whether or not you prepare for it or not. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is that when you get there, how are you going to be able to perform? Only time will tell. (laughs) No, it's, you are going to, you're going to, you're going to deal with whatever that experience is going to be what, because you're going to bring to the table, whatever is going to, and right, because you're going to be prepared and you're in control. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So I think right now is a great time actually for Atta Girls because then we can okay. talk about good things that have happened to us or that we've done that we have been in control of or for you, sir, an Atta Boy, however you'd like to identify <laughs> an Atta Day. I, you know, I'm, whatever. I'm surely a Data Boy. I'm surely a Data Boy. <laughs> Atta Day. <laughs> I love it. Um, add a humans, add a humans work too, you know, whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? You. But I'm surely a that a boy. That a boy. <laughs> and so uh I will I'll go actually a little bit into the vault just based on our conversation today. Typically I do something that's happened within like the last week or recent, but um this conversation has basically struck a memory, which is that in a previous relationship. Um, I had a a boyfriend who, um, had an alcohol addiction problem that was not fully recognized by me. Um, like I will say like there was plenty of reasons that I should have seen it or should have thought that it was more serious and didn't. And so a big traumatic incident had to happen in order for, you know, all of it to kind of come crashing down, but he was using love against me saying that if I loved him, I would stay. If I loved him, then I would do X, Y, and Z. And, um, that really kickstarted my journey with therapy because logically I, I typically you like do overanalyze and I'm a very logical person. So logically the things he was saying weren't making sense to me, but my heart felt a different way, which was uncommon. I typically am not functioning that way. And so I had to go on a personal journey here to be like, I don't need to accept this. And that's not what love means. (laughs) And it was, um, uh, extremely like life changing, like it's a life altering experience when you start figuring out like, what does love mean to you? And what is it supposed to look like to you? And so, I mean, I obviously would encourage people who are in any type of relationship where that's being questioned to at the very least, then sounds like get your book to help better understand the definition of what love is. If they aren't able to like reach out to professional or something, because having the clarity is, 
it's amazing. It, there's no description of what that does for you. And it's it's interesting. Can I can I just throw a tidbit in there? Yeah. Um, because that was very interesting. We were talking about earlier it's about understanding love, what it really looks like, and when the actions are inconsistent with the words. That's a red flag. It's a red right. flag, and and that's and that. And, and you've got to understand that that's a red flag um, because then the guilt trip is trying to play the fact that you don't know that that's a red flag. Right. And, and, and so, and, and the first thing that came to mind is as you were talking, you had your left hand up mm-hmm. and I didn't see oh, a ring on it. My right hand, but. Okay. There is yeah. no ring I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't have a. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> it, you know, I didn't see a ring I, because that's the question. When someone talks about if you're going to leave or not, that begins to goes back into those relationships, those types of relationships. A relationship that has a ring on it means that there's a commitment. If there's no ring on it, there's no commitment. That means that anything that you do, you start. You can. It is when it's done, it's done. Right. It's done. And and unfortunately. Um, no one can guilt you into something that you are not committed to. Nobody's committed. Nobody's identified any commitment here. There's no guilt there. So you go do you. Right. One of the interesting (laughs) things, though, is during that time, he was like, but I saw us like getting married and I saw, and I'm like, well, sorry, that vision is now blurry for you. I don't Like, like, oh, you're delusional. Like, yeah. yeah. Like you didn't, you didn't make those commitments or those moves. And for me, it was a good thing. Like I, I don't know what my life would have been like if I had been married to him and that happened. Um, so I'm thankful that I was not, but then he started throwing in extra things about the future and what we thought he had, we had together and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God. You, you see how if you under, if you know self, he can't take you on this guilt trip because see right. first and foremost we're looking for someone to add value to us, okay? Right. He add no value. He ain't gave you no commitment. Right. We ain't need to talk. I mean, <laughs> it, it, all you're doing is looking over and seeing that this ain't for you. He got his own journey that he needs to go on, and it ain't have to be a part of. You ain't a part of it. Right. Whatever he say. It's almost like you were there. That like you're saying what I said to him, just in different oh, words. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but but that but that's but that's exactly that's. I mean, you, you know, it's it's that's what I'm saying. When you know who you are, you you start with knowing who you are, and until you know who you are, people can play you. They can try to manipulate you using this word that we're also come uh, familiar with called love. But when you understand what it's all about, it's a powerful tool that you can, you're in control with it. You have the ability to be able to, to use it at your will and nobody can hold it, hold it over your head as a hostage. Right. I feel like the more that you exercise that as well, the more powerful you feel. And that goes back to the other statement we talked about a little earlier as it relates to being able to build that courage up because the challenges are gonna be greater and greater, but you're gonna be able to know that who you are, the better you are and what you know 
it's going to build you up that courage that you're going to be able to not worry about what the situation the outcome might look like from the outside because you know who you are doesn't affect doesn't affect you at all because you're consistent you're operating with inside of your boundaries mm-hmm. right so yeah that was a very uh aggressive out girl up. huh that was aggressive <laughs> out girl and aggressive out girl yeah I would say that was, I was going to call it a Verona. I call it a Verona at a girl. Um, that was an at a woman. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't talk about the fact that I like did my laundry or anything. You know, I went, I went deep. So um, Sarah, you can keep us lighthearted if you'd like. Well, or, you can go in the vault too, if you want. No, I mean, actually, I'm, a, I'm proud of myself for once in my life. I'm prepared for Christmas. I've got all the gifts. I just have to methodically put them together and wrap them, you know do all that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, this is the first year I've committed to and actually followed through with the plan and I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Good for you. Thanks. Thank you. Add a girl. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, yeah. It's really simple to prepare when you're not a planner. Yeah. That's me. I'm not a planner. Yeah. I guess. So it, it, I have problems. <laughs> Thank you. It's like a struggle for me a lot of the times to do a lot of stuff, but I think what helped me, and maybe this is how we tie it back into this, is that um, I don't look at getting people gifts like once a year. I think about them year round, and if I find something I think would be a cool Christmas gift, then I'll buy it and hang on to it until Christmas. And a lot of the times that's what I do with Nicole. (laughs) But so... It's like, I'm always thinking of the people that are closest to me. And so that's kind of like how I did my Christmas shopping this year. I didn't just save it for the end as a task. I, I kind of committed myself to think about it for the full year. And it was nice. Wow. That is, that is something amazing. Thank I you. like that. I like that Appreciate because it. Uh, it, it, it keeps you mindful of to who, who it is that it matters to you. And that's what it's all about. Well, also I'm cheap. So like, it was easier for me to spread that across the year than it was. <laughs> just kidding. Again, hey, hey, ain't nothing wrong it's with just, keeping it real. It's just a side effect. It's a really great ain't side effect. Wrong, ain't nothing wrong with keeping it real. If you can get it on half price in July, get it. And I do though. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm all about it. You know, okay. that's called oh, yeah. preparation. Mm, which I don't do a lot of. So like, that's a big deal for me. <laughs> hey, you, you, you love it. That's what you're doing right now. You're just demonstrating love year round in preparation for this event. That's called Christmas. Yeah. Well, it's just cause my ADHD, I'm not really good at sending people things. That's the other side of it. So like, I just have a, per- a reason now to send it. Hey. A lot of justifications that happened up here this year, but we're good. It made sense. And it's like, it's benefiting me. So we're look, good look. to go. If, if, look, here's the thing. If you can turn it to to basically say that it benefits someone else, you doing it in love. Oh yeah. You go ahead and keep it up. You keep it up. Then. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, sir. My data boy. My data boy. You know, this is interesting because my data boys are. I, I guess I can go to the fact that my nonprofit. I'm I'm growing. I'm continually developing this thing and understanding that there's so much to it. Um, My data boy is the fact that I'm just not giving up in the sense that 
every day I turn over something new that I need to learn. And so instead of a, and it's been a journey, to be honest with you, it's the, the nonprofit is about a year old. I was going to ask, how old is the nonprofit? It's about a year old. It's about a year old now, but it is, it is so much, it involves so much. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to the new year. Um, and so um, just to be able to keep it up and keep the focus and the, the, the drive that's necessary, um, um, I'm really happy about that. That's a really- boy. Thank you. Proud of you. That's a lot of work doing nonprofit because mm-hmm. that's all selfless work. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 getting a lot of good counsel, a lot of good uh, help. Um, can't get too much of it. Um, so, I'm. Uh, well, on that note, how can people find you? Um, uh, my website. Here's here's the website for me and my coaching and stuff like that. Is the it's uh, wanleetheauthor.com. You can find my book and get an ebook there. <laughs> Um, or you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and pick up a book, um, the, the, the softback book. It's a really uh, quick read. It's just you know, 140, 140 pages or so. Um, I'm on all of the social media. Um, Wanley author at Facebook and Instagram. Love Made Simple at uh, Twitter. I'm uh, LinkedIn, Wanley. And... Um, also, if you're interested in getting the newsletter that I provide, you can just send me an email at info at wanleadyauthor.com and uh, that. And also the nonprofit just launched its website. So you can actually go see it's being, it's up and running now. It's called clearjourney.org um, and see what we're offering an opportunity to, uh, to inv- get involved. I mean, it, it, the website is up and running, but it's still not fully functional yet. But if you're interested in something there, you can surely go there. And always you can contact me at info at wanleetheauthor.com. But um, we're, we're progressing. It's really uh, exciting. I love to hear it. It makes me happy, especially during a pandemic. You know, I like to hear about success stories. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your life and your journey and breaking down what love is and And keeping it real (laughs) 100 (laughs) 100 if you liked what you heard today please rate review subscribe you can follow us on instagram at homance underscore chronicles you can also join our closed group for a bit more fun it's on Facebook, The Home As Chronicles, A Judgment-Free Zone. Thank you so much again. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Juan. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it immensely. Thank you. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you.